0: Okay, so the the Methodist church didn't like your male pronouns and you're forced to step away from three churches that you were pastoring at that time.
1: Yeah, and the other thing that they didn't like, which I had begun preaching against back in Hesperia, was abortion. Uh. And I had a very strong stand against it. And the people basically we're in agreement all along, but the Methodists really didn't like that. Or my stand against homosexuality, which I had run into directly in Hesperia. Little sidebar here, one day when a young man, it was known in town that I counseled people, that my office was open. One day a young man came into my office with a crumpled up tin can Full of feces. And he presented it to me proudly, saying, Well, I, I bummed my way across the country and I have ended up in jail two or three times and I've been sodomized and I'm afraid I may, be, may have AIDS. Can you have this tested for me to find out? Wow. <laughs> well, Long and short of it, I had no way of having it tested. Right. And he had to go take it with him. But um, so he, I had a very strong stand against, not against homosexuals as people, you know, but against homosexuality, which the Bible is against. Right. So I <clears throat> didn't know, you know, I wanted to, well, can I get will little Presbyterian to take me back or not? Well, again, I had to pass muster with them before they would send me anywhere else or let me go. Right. So for them, I had to write a theological statement and a couple other things and uh, got called to task because, among other things in my statement, I said I believed in the reality of Satan as a person, not merely a force within humanity. Oh, they didn't like that. Oh, they didn't like that at all. (laughs) They didn't. Well... They ended up ignoring it finally. And I got their stamp of approval. And I went to, <clears throat> I don't even remember what they called it, but I went down to Dallas, Texas, where they they had round-robin interviews. There were churches from all over the country who wanted pastors and pastors from all over the country who wanted churches. And you could, you know, I don't know, in the, in the two days, I guess it was time for like, interviewing with seven different churches.
0: Like speed dating for a pulpit.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I had, I had put in for the you know several churches, and and most of them, well, everyone that I interviewed with, I only interviewed with three finally or four. They all wanted to talk to me more. Um, two of them were in were in uh, Oklahoma. And one was in. Hardy, Arkansas. So after it was over, before we agreed to see any of them except the one in Hardy, which really appealed to us, um, we drove through Oklahoma and visited the two. They were both old country churches. And uh, very much in the almost Methodist tradition of how they saw their pastor and how things were operating. And they just were desperate for somebody. felt sorry for them. But the people in Hardy, the whole committee, it was a committee of five, they were so excited when I interviewed with them. And my wife interviewed with me at the same time and all of them they loved her to death too. So they they definitely wanted us to come. So we went. Interesting church. It was a church to not only the town of Hardy, Arkansas, but it had been established by um, a, it was the first organized planned retirement community in the country called Cherokee Village. And there were people there from all over the country. I mean, everyone from California to New York. Mm-hmm. A lot of Midwesterners there too. Well, since they had established it as a built it as a church to serve this retirement community, there were no Sunday school rooms when they built it, and there was no um, fellowship hall type thing. Just a, just a sanctuary and an office. Well, later on, they had added the fellowship hall and no Sunday school rooms. Didn't plan on any children ever attending. So, therefore, it didn't plan on any real growth. Well, wow. Had no Sunday school program, had a uh, church service, that was it. And when it came there, this is the larger of two churches I was called to. Again, multiple churches. Um, They made it very plain to me that what they wanted basically was a chaplain. They wanted me to preach on Sunday and they'd go on the rest of the week.
0: that's, That's nice.
1: Don't call on us unless you've called, maybe two weeks in advance you've called, made an appointment. And they were very critical of everything They didn't want to grow. It was obvious. Anyone who visited never came back because they only got the cold shoulder. Mm -hmm. Um, The little church, again, out of the country, loved us to death, (laughs) was alive, was open to other people if, if people wanted to come. Well, things went pretty well for a while, but there were... It was a very interesting situation. In the Presbyterian Church, when you retire, you are supposed to leave the vicinity of that church.
0: So there's no interference afterwards right. with, for the new pastor's ministry.
1: But the church had been far, formed in like 62, 3, 4. The second pastor to have served there was retired living in the community, Cherokee Village. And the uh retiring pastor that i was taking over from who was the fourth one um he was had a home there was probably staying there and that's two pastors who had served there but then there were five others who were living in Cherokee village and retired there had not directly you know hadn't been called by that church but had uh, over the years had served either as an interim or fill-in So I had seven retired pastors in my congregation, Uh all of whom hated my theology, (laughs) which I didn't know for quite a while. Until one day, the one who was the second pastor called me up and says, Bob, I have seven things against you. I'm going to tell you what they are. I don't want you to respond. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I just want to tell you what they are, and then I'll hang up and leave you alone. And The very first words out of his mouth were, number one, is you preach entirely too much about Jesus, God and Jesus Christ, and our relationship to them. I'm thinking, what else is there to preach about? He said, you, all of the things you have attended, all of the educational things you have attended, number two, not one of them was sponsored by the Presbyterian Church, but by either other groups, or in maybe parachurch, or what have you. But none of them, I said, well, there weren't any pres, the Presbyterian Church that were any good that I wanted to go to. But he had these seven things against me, and then he hung up. Well, he was in a wheelchair now. He had neuropathy in his feet and legs. And he said, "He said, and he says, um, I won't be coming to church anymore because basically I'm too ill to call him. he says, that's not too far from the truth.
0: Not too far from the truth, which and, means it's not all the which truth. Which means it
1: isn't true. And he hangs up. Well, things started going downhill I started having difficulty in session meetings, should never had, but began to get almost paranoid about going into the monthly session or board meeting. Right. Because things were coming at me off the wall that I couldn't didn't know where they're coming from. And we had been there a little over three years. When I get this call from the committee on ministry saying we need to talk come up and meet with us on such and such a date. Well, us turned out to be the only the chairman of the committee. And he pulls out this three-inch, three-ring binder full of papers.
0: Okay. He says,
1: Bob, these are all letters of complaint I've received about you. <laughs> what? He says, yeah. I said, well, can I, let me look at it? No, you can't look at them which is illegal. Right. You have to be able to face your accusers. Right. I said, what do they say? Well, the long and the short of it is, in your preaching and in your theology, you sound entirely too much like a Baptist. And I said, (laughs) what in the world does that, I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? And he couldn't say anything further about it. And he just went on running me down, running me down, running me down until I was so browbeaten. Finally I said, so what are you telling me? What's the bottom line? What is all of this about? And he said, well, what it means is, I said, okay, you mean you have to get out of Dodge? And he said, well, this was like June-ish. He said, um, well, no, no, it wasn't. No, take it back. It was like April, May. He said, don't take your kids out of school, but don't re-enroll them in the fall. So I'm given this window to leave. Right. Again, I have to rip my family up, lose, lose. I've been losing pension all along the road. So I have you know, virtually no pension. Ripped my family up. Nowhere to go. What am I going to do? So again, I I interviewed with the the Presbyterian Church. And I got an interview in uh, Bay City. And they called me to preach uh, for to hear a sample sermon. I ended up going there three times. And they voted. They voted unanimously to call me. Oh wonderful, finally, somebody wants me. Had the house all packed up, had the movers all set up. I was going to be packing the next day. I get a phone call from the Presbyterian Executive of that area saying, you can't come. Your call has been denied. I said, what? It was unanimous. Well, it it seems that there's been information presented to the Committee on Ministry where we can't accept you any longer. The long and the short of it was my first divorced wife who was a member of (laughs) that same Presbytery. I found out that I would gotten this call in Bay City Had told a whole bunch of nonsensical cool lies to the committee about me to the point where they rejected me. Wow. So here I am, packed up, movers I couldn't pay for, nowhere to go, no job, no home, no nothing. Which was at this point now the rock bottom. Right. Well, fortunately, I did still have a mother that lived in Michigan. Consequently, she had just two weeks or three weeks earlier visited us in Arkansas. And just before leaving to go home, she had tripped over one of the concrete bumpers where you park your car in a parking lot and fallen. And didn't know until she'd been home for a week or so. That she had broken her hip and discovered it was broken and had to have it replaced. And she was in the nursing home in in Hart. Okay. Well, talked to her on the phone and she made it clear that they would release her if she had somewhere to go or she had someone to take care of her. And I explained our situation and she said, Would you please, please come home, stay here, and Help me out. Well, yeah. <laughs> Even though it had been a strained relationship for a couple of years before that, it was now healed. Mm-hmm. So we moved back to Pentwater, Bass Lake, moved in with mom and dad and mom's home. I had been mom and dad's when they retired. Brought mom home from there. Took care of her. I went from job to job to job, which I had done filling in before with other churches. I mean, I got seven certifications and sold insurance and mutual funds till I had to leave that because they wanted me to do something that was immoral. I got licensed and drove truck until I basically got fired because I got pneumonia. And they wanted me to go back out on the road when I was dangerous and I refused. And so I was told by the dispatcher to clean up my truck and go home, which I was told later by the president of the company, he didn't have the authority to tell me. But by that point in time, I had secured another job. So I went from job to job and began building then on my own. Started my own construction company, started building houses again, which I had done as an interim all along the road also. Every time I was out of a church. I didn't say that earlier, but I had always turned back to building. Okay. Um, It was doing pretty well, and and along came a man that I knew from up here, because I had married him and his wife previously from Mesmeria, and he says, well, um, I'm a member of a Bible study that's been started The man who started—we wanted to become a church. The man who started us doesn't want; isn't a pastor. Doesn't want to be a pastor. They ended up calling me to the church here, Lighthouse Community Church. Turned out to be an interesting situation over the years. Very trying, but I continued to grow in faith as the struggles went on. Um, Didn't know that the man who had spearheaded calling me. Was, was killing the growth of the church continuously because he was so set in his theology of the end times that whenever anybody would visit, he would end up on the side grilling them about their faith, theology, about the rapture, and if it didn't agree with his, he chased them away. Right. And I didn't know that. Well, finally, because I had allowed and encouraged a couple of people to be a member of the congregation who had a very strong belief in the Holy Spirit and and wanted things like healing services and what have you which I was all for Mm -hmm. because I had been told in seminary that at some point in time that would be a part of my ministry anyway which I didn't doubt but he didn't like that he and his wife and some others didn't like that I don't know why But anyway, they finally caused so much disruption in the church that we, we had a board meeting one night and he and his wife and the other leaders of the dissension ended up leaving, which took almost half the church away. My health was going downhill and the church wasn't doing well and finally I ended up retiring Probably it was a year and a half, two years later. I don't remember exactly, but uh, within a year and a half of that, the church just closed. They never called anyone else. They never had anyone to lead them. They were just kind of wandering along, which was a a sad, sad thing because they had been renting a building, leasing a building when I came. We ended up buying it. We paid it off in, in three years it was serving us well as a facility and uh, they they didn't know what to do with it when they closed as a church even though they had my laws written in for what to do with it they didn't do that and uh, so here i am it was again i was without a church i still have great problems with denominations i don't believe in them at all (laughs) my my faith is not Been dented or dinged or hurt in any way. I I know who I belong to, no matter what comes my way. I had been told when my back was healed by one of the brothers, he said that the Lord gave me a word of wisdom and said, Bob, be willing to be a cripple for me, which has been in the back of my thinking for all these 40 some years. What he means. I'm gradually seeing what he means as I get more and more crippled up.
0: <laughs>
1: but I had said at the time, Lord, whatever you want, it's up to you. Um, but I see denominations today as, I'll just say it. I'll just say it the way I believe it. Basically, they're cults. Unintentional. Un- under- non-understood as that, but a local church calls a pastor who becomes their their cult leader, their idol, and they will follow that person. They won't worry about studying their word. When the person says it's black, it's black. If the next one comes along and says it's blue, it's blue. And whatever that leader tells them, that's what they believe. And, and they're not encouraged to go deeper, most of them. Uh, they will end up not knowingly Following the teachings of the de- over denomination, who is over that pastor, and 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 their their human corporation, which has become cultish, um, which means occult. Same thing. Um, now we we're supposed to be in corpus. We're supposed to be in the body, in the corporation of Christ. In corpus means in the body. We're supposed right. to be members of the body of Christ, which is the only corporation. Spiritually, that was, but but every church is a a corporation because they're they want four hundred one c three. They have to incorporate. They are now a human corporation following rules of human corporations. Operating the, I mean, the pastors the CEO more than he's a spiritual leader, right? And they move around and they prosper if they have a good CEO who happen, happens to preach what they like to preach and they don't prosper if they don't like what he preaches, or he's not also a good CEO. And there's no way, there's no way, unless the spirit reaches down, which I, I can't say he won't. He, he might, any moment, reach down and bring re- revival to the church, church as. But the true church is still alive. It's churches like you have, mm-hmm. churches which are, are a body of people. Who are saved, and those coming in who are seeking to be saved, but who are in the body of Christ, who are in the Word; therefore, members together through the Holy Spirit of one body, the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. And there I stand today, and on that confession I will stand, I will live, and I will die.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: That's the, the long version, not the Reader's Digest in that <laughs> version. <clears throat> but it's been a hard road. Yeah, I've been tested at every turn. Why, I don't know. Maybe I needed it to continue to grow. Maybe was just stubborn. <laughs> but it's been hard on my family. To move, pull up stakes, continually. Some of the church situations were harder on others of them. The one in Ohio was very hard on their son, very hard on him. Um, The one in Arkansas was kind of hard on their oldest daughter. Um, But they've survived. All three of them have faith today, for which I am very grateful. They haven't lost their faith. And uh, while I have not prospered in the economic realm of of being economically successful, virtually no pension, you know, and, and very small Social Security because of low earnings, because of moving from church to church. Right. But the things that count, I am very wealthy in. Faith, the love of Christ, the love of brothers and sisters in Christ like you. Those are the things that count. And to me, I, w- I would give up all of the rest again, if I could come on of that.
0: Yeah. A lot of people don't realize exactly how little our earthly belongings and our earthly possessions truly mean to us. My bad. Because they, they focus on what they see on this earth and what this earth has to offer instead of what christ has to offer and focusing on that life to come that is eternal rather than this temporal life that we have here amen